Welcome to the Men's Global live stream. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold a spot in Acts chapter 1. And we're going to be moving from Acts chapter 1 to Acts chapter 2 in a few big spots in today's session. Now, we're starting a new series called Overtaken. And by definition, that means that something catches up to you and, and passes you or something comes upon you suddenly. We're actually seeing one country right now in real time being overtaken by another country, right? Russia and Ukraine. But that doesn't work just country to country. It can be a feeling that overtakes a person emotionally or a force inside that overtakes a person motivationally. It could be a new agenda overtaking an old agenda. agenda. So I think we have a sense of what that means. And my question, just to get us going in the right direction, is has a force or a feeling, positive or negative, ever overtaken and started to control you? Right? My family jokes about how hunger is a force. <laughs> and it overtakes me and starts controlling uh, my body, right? It's sort of like I'm not in charge anymore and uh, my behavior starts to change. I get a little more visible and more highly motivated uh, around food. Um, but people start wondering, hey, what, what's gotten into you? You know what's gotten into me? I've become hangry, okay? I'm sure that a lot of you can witness to that, right? But when a force or a feeling overtakes you and you haven't, said what that is, people will ask you, what has gotten into you? Because they're seeing outward changes that reflect something that's going on on the inside. I think if any of you guys are married if, or, or if you're dating, you remember like I remember finding out, oh my gosh, this person likes me, I like them. And I remember my buddies in college were just like, what has gotten into you, dude? We never see you anymore. I like disappeared almost because I was in love. It makes me think of uh, Elf, right? When Buddy the Elf uh, falls in love and he says, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows. He just, he's dancing around. That is the spirit of what we're talking about, right? A force or a feeling overtaking us. You're not in charge anymore. There's a new normal, new status, new reality. And our experience as a person is being changed. Now, that as a basis at the start of our new series, Overtaken, Jesus told his followers, you're going to be overtaken. And that that event was literally going to rock their personal world, and it was going to rock the actual world. And here's the exciting part about that experience that Jesus talked about. That's happening right now in our time and in our space and among men around the planet, right? Uh, a fresh wind is coming upon God's men, right? A fire is coming on them. And it's coming upon communities and groups and individual men that are actively waiting on actively seeking and actively experiencing Holy Spirit impartation and ignition and overtaking, and that's 
rocking their world. People are seeing a new expression. And guess what? They're wondering, what has gotten into these men right now today as I'm speaking to you? You see, God wants to set you loose in your personal world. To do what? To advance his kingdom in your personal context. Right? Where you work, where you live, where you pray, where you play. He knows exactly what he wants to do right now in your personal context. The unique places and spaces that are connected to you with people in him. The question is, do you know? And so that's why we're starting this five-part series called Overtaken. We're going to look specifically at how God moves in us through the Holy Spirit to work through us. We're going to look at how God saves us so that we can have influence and serve other people and advance his kingdom purposes. We're going to look at the specific ways that the Holy Spirit works through followers to advance God's kingdom using Jesus and the disciples and their Holy Spirit expression as our models. Why? Because it's the same Holy Spirit same goal of advancing God's kingdom on earth, same expressions, but in our time, in our spaces, in our places that are unique to you and to me. So in part one, what I wanna do is I wanna lay the foundation for the taking over, right, of Jesus's followers by a new powerful force called the Holy Spirit, right? There's a prediction of that overtaking, a promise of that overtaking. Then we're gonna look at the fulfillment in the Acts of the Apostles, the fulfillment of that powerful overtaking and prediction and what that involved, what did it look like when that happened, right? And then we're gonna see the pattern clearly about men and being overtaken up by the Holy Spirit and then we're gonna look at it, how that works out in our time and in our context, and then we're just gonna directly apply it with some prayer as a community of men. So let's first open our Bibles um, and look at some of the, the overpowering predictions that happened prior to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. First one that we see in the Gospels is in Matthew chapter three, verse 11. It's gonna be on the screen, and it's also in the downloaded notes. First prediction by John the Baptist. Listen to what he says. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, the baptism image and experience was very well known in the first century. Right? When someone was baptized, all right, it meant that you intended to become one with whatever message was being preached. So John's message was one of repentance and the changing of ways. Um, and so if you got, if you received John's baptism, what it meant was I'm being baptized and I intend, and I'm sending the message through this baptism that I am going to change my ways. But then John, is, is saying this, this outer baptism that I'm talking about and that we're doing right now and that you're connecting with about changing your ways, guess what? There's going to be an inner baptism that will publicly 
and visibly spread through the one who's coming. And it's gonna be a baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it's gonna be a baptism of fire, right? And the image is of spread. So that's the first uh, prediction that we see, and that's kind of the imagery uh, of what he sees is going to happen, what he's predicting is gonna happen through, through Christ, all right? And then Jesus, as he is about to leave, and this is in Acts chapter one, he predicts what John predicted, and he repeats what he says, but he gives it a little bit more definition. Listen to what he tells the disciples. He told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, overtakes you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. These were his last words. And as they watched, he was taken up and disappeared in a cloud. They stood there, staring into the empty sky. And suddenly two men appeared in white robes and they said, you Galileans, why do you just stand there looking up at the empty sky? This very Jesus who was taken up from among you to, have, to heaven will come as certainly and as mysteriously as he left. So the second prediction by Jesus right, comes in the context of his followers going, hey, is the kingdom right now? Are we gonna establish it right now? And he's like, that's timing is not under your control and that's, that's the father's business. But here's what I'm gonna tell you. In my physical absence, I'm going to send my spiritual presence. He had even told them earlier, it's better that I go. Why? Because then God's kingdom could advance virally through the Holy Spirit and be all places at all times versus in one body in one place at one time. So this public departure, right, ruptured the expectations of the disciples. They thought he's gonna kick Rome out, he's gonna establish the kingdom, and Jesus is saying, no, that's, that, that timing for that uh, event where the kingdom of God overtakes the kingdoms of men, that's the Father's timing. Let me tell you what's gonna happen now. I'm leaving, but I'm sending my, my spiritual power and presence in the absence of my physical presence, and it's gonna be the Holy Spirit. And we can just unpack a few truths through what Jesus said, and let's, let's write these down. They, both John the Baptist and Jesus said, something's coming, and here's what was coming. Write this down. A consuming and powerful baptism of the Spirit by Jesus. That was John's prediction. It was going to be greater than the baptism he was offering. His outer baptism was gonna be matched by this inner baptism coming through the person of Christ, the, the one who's greater than he is, and it was going to be consuming, right? Baptism is the image of soaking, and it was gonna be powerful and spread. That's the image of fire. Secondly, um, it's going to be a possessing of their mind, their body, and their energy. That's what Jesus is talking about. He says, what you're gonna get is the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit comes on you, it's a full overtaking, all right? You're gonna, you're gonna be overtaken by a force that is powerful, and it's gonna change the way you think. It's gonna command your identity. 
it's gonna command your body and it's gonna command your energy. And then third, we can observe through Jesus' words, it's gonna be an overtaking of their purpose and expression, right? They're gonna be taking the good news of Christ all over the world. Now, you can imagine how mysterious, supernatural, and disillusioning a guy you've been hanging out with for three years, and he tells you that I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving. Uh, I'm I, I'm gotta go, but I'm gonna come to you. So, you know, there's some mystery and probably a little confusion, uh, and definitely some ruptured expectations. But Jesus makes the promise and the prediction, right, that there's a consuming and powerful baptism coming. It's gonna overtake them, and it's gonna take his 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 spiritual presence and and it's gonna come on them, right? Now, why were they candidates for this overtaking and this super explosion, all right? Let's talk about that, it's important, right? In the Bible, uh, in John chapter one, verse 12, it says this, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus was giving this promise to those who believed in him. Okay, now the Bible says that, that now as then, right, you join God's family, you get God's spirit in you, right? Now these first followers, God's spirit was gonna come and initiate and come down upon them, move inside them, overtake them, right, and overtake their purpose and expression, all right? Today, um, when someone believes that that same event happens. The Holy Spirit is deposited, it's sent. And that's what it says in Galatians chapter four, verse six. It says, and because we are his children, the ones who have believed, because when we believe we become a child of God, God has sent the spirit of his son, where? Into our hearts. Okay, so what we need to see is that yes, there was a prediction that there would be this overtaking by the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist talked about it, Jesus talked about it, they described what it was gonna be. But how does it transact? It transacts through believing in his name, believing in Jesus, his person and work, becoming a child of God, and the Bible says, and because we are his children, God sends the spirit of his son. So you join God's family, you get God's spirit, Write this down on your notes. Believing triggers sending, or believing triggers sending and depositing of God's Spirit. So if you're watching this right now, and you have believed in the person of Christ and the work of Christ for you, and you've received that for yourself by inviting Christ into your life, right? The presence of the Holy Spirit indwells you, right? Indwelling, right? Believing triggers sending. Now. Let's move the story forward and see what happens with Jesus's followers in the book of Acts chapter two, right? This is what I'm calling the spectacle, right? Of being overtaken by the Holy Spirit and then Peter explaining what is going on, all right? We see the spectacle unfold in Acts chapter two, verses four through six. Listen to the language. Right? It says this, then like a wildfire, remember John's words, how it would be a fire? Then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks 
and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run, and then when they heard one after another their own mother tongues being spoken, they were blown away. So you see that in this moment of Holy Spirit filling, outpouring, overtaking, that God uses that moment intentionally to do something special for that context. You see what was happening in that context was Jews from all over the world were in Jerusalem for uh, Pentecost, right? All right, and, they, and so there was all these different types of people and so the, the, the most visible and meaningful thing that the filling of the Holy Spirit could do in that specific moment was for um, men to, sp to start speaking in languages of the people who came rushing to see what was going on. It's like a fist fight on a playground. People run to see these men who are worshiping and praising God in all these languages of people who are visiting, and that is a sign of the kingdom of God. And of course, that would blow anybody away to experience that. Now, let's unpack the spectacle, all right? What do we see, all right? First thing we see is the Holy Spirit overtaking men, right? Like a wildfire. This is a, a community of men. They believe the Holy Spirit comes on them, overtakes them from the inside out, right? Secondly, we see the Spirit prompting men, all right? To do what? They start saying stuff, all right? They say stuff that the Holy Spirit is making them say and is prompting them to say, which is another, a worship of God in another language. It's just so supernatural. But what I don't want you to miss is when the Holy Spirit takes over a man, just like this, it will prompt a man to do and say things that are specific in that moment for kingdom impact, visible signs, visible wonders. Third, what we see is the Spirit impacting people specifically in a moment, all right? So I want us to step back and see this moment in time uh, and, and just kind of take a simple look at it. You have Galilean men, all right? Simple, untrained, religious guys. They're following Jesus. There's a prediction. The prediction is there's gonna be a coming upon and an overtaking of you by the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said it was gonna happen, it was gonna be like fire. Jesus said it's gonna happen and it's gonna take over your whole purpose and people are gonna see it. And you're gonna give evidence, be a witness, right, of me. And these men used to be one way and now they're acting in a completely different way. It is a spectacle, it is something that's visible, it is a sign of the kingdom of God. What's coming out of their lives is, 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 is praise, it's worship, right? 
And this new, different, powerful scene and experience, uh, it's never been seen before. And certainly the people who are connected to these guys are like, what happened? What's gotten into them? And so they're naturally people, all these people that are visiting, their their friends, their family, they're going, what's gotten into these guys? What's happening? Okay, are, have they been drinking too much? And so Peter explains the prophetic context and fulfillment, right? And prediction that comes out from the Hebrew scriptures. And he does that in Acts chapter two. So we see him rise and he's like, let me tell you what's going on here. That's when Peter stood up and backed by the other 11, spoke out with bold urgency. Fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen Quote, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy. Also, your daughters, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me. Men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billowing smoke, the sun turning black and the moon blood red before the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvelous. And whoever calls out for help to me, God will be saved. And so Peter is filtering He's translating, he's giving them the prophetic context from the Hebrew scripture. God said this would happen. This is a predicted thing. This is the initiation of the advance of the kingdom of God and the birth of the church of Jesus. And they're not drunk. God is supernaturally overtaking these men. And he uses, interestingly, the image of a super exploding volcano signs, wonders, fire, billowing smoke, affecting the whole, right, atmosphere, where it's just gonna go, and there have been volcanic explosions in time, massive super explosions just like this in real history, Krakatoa for one of them. And what it does is it, it spreads around the whole globe, right? And so he says the sun's gonna turn black because of the ash, and the moon's gonna turn red because of the particles in the air and the sun hitting those particles, and it's called interstellar reddening. And so it's, it, this is a, a super explosion that is going to reverberate around the globe. It is going to change the whole world. Wow, all right? Now just kinda let that sink in for a second. And then, of course, Peter explains, and guess what? everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This super explosion of power, this overtaking of men, this launch of movement that's been created, what's the goal? It's, it's to get men transformed so that people see a visible transformation of their lives, to give them, through that transformation, a look into what the power of God does in a life, and they see that it's God, and then it prompts them to want 
to have happen what's happened to them and then they believe in the good news. And that is exactly what happened. You see, when the Holy Spirit fills men, he deposits not just power, but gifts and expressions that are supposed to be used to influence other people, you know, uh, and to influence their lives. Talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right? It says this, God's various gifts of the Holy Spirit are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out, where? Everywhere. But they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, these are gifts. Simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretations of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. I love the scale and variety and uniqueness of deposits that the Holy Spirit gives. So upon belief, you become a child of God. And because you're a child, God sends his Holy Spirit to be in you. And when God sends his spirit to inside a believer, he deposits spiritual gifts that are unique to that one believer. And those spiritual gifts then that are unique to him or her are then going to be used everywhere, carried out everywhere, put in power and action everywhere. Keyword, everywhere. And so when we see the progression, belief, depositing of the Holy Spirit, the overtaking, right? The presence of spiritual gifts. What can we conclude about the Holy Spirit in you, in me, all right? Write this down. The Holy Spirit's mission is to engage the world you live in. Write that down. Through yielded and gifted men, Write that down. So we're, we're gonna engage the world you live in. That's the Holy Spirit's mission in you and me. We're gonna engage the world that we live in. All right, that's the outpouring, that's the pattern. Through yielded and gifted men, ready to follow, this is our last villain in this section, ready to follow the Holy Spirit's leading in the moment. This is what you cannot miss. When a man gets overtaken, by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes inside to dwell inside, he now is portable. There's gifts, natural spiritual gifts and promptings. We're listening. Why? To engage our world in the world you live in. Where you live, where you work, where you play, where you pray. Everywhere you go is the Holy Spirit's mission. And he's inside of you 
and he will prompt you and he will use your gifts and you're gonna follow his leading in the moment. What we just read about in the book of Acts, that's a moment over belief, overtaking, ignition, expression, activation in a context that was meaningful for the people around those men who were overtaken in the Holy Spirit. Fast forward to today, this moment, your life after we get done with this study. Holy Spirit inside of you, depositing of gifts in you, your personal moments where you work, where you live, where you pray, where you play, and then you being prompted by the same Holy Spirit to do things that show love for God and love for people, right? It's so cool to have Holy Spirit presence and power that leads to Holy Spirit impact and influence advancing God's kingdom. Um, and the foundation of that, it's important that we see that. One transformed man, just like what we've just read, transforms many things. Many transformed men transform many things. An individual man can transform some things. Lots of men together can transform a city, 100%. It's exactly what happened in Jerusalem. The church swelled from a group of 120 to 3,000 to 5,000 to 20,000, eventually becoming a church of 100,000 people out of that moment. It was a super explosion of the Holy Spirit overtaking men, them changing, and then engaging the world that they lived in, the city that they lived in, yielded to the power of the Holy Spirit, using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and following the Holy Spirit's leading in the moment. One transformed man transforms many things. Many transformed men transform entire cities, okay? Now, where, what is the basis of that thinking? One transformed man transforms many things, because I just wanna to talk to you as an individual. You are alive today in a set of relationships in a place on the planet. You have a place where you live, where you work, where you pray, where you play, right? And God wants to transform that, right? Wants to transform you through the power of the Holy Spirit so you can transform your environment. Now I want to go back into the Bible and see how there is this one-to-many sort of super exploding blast zone concept that's related to individual men who make individual choices that have consequences. And the basis for that is in Romans chapter five, verses 17 to 19, it says this. For the, the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners, but because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. That is what you call a negative blast zone of spiritual influence and a positive 
blast zone of spiritual influence. You have two individual men making two very different choices, one to obey God, the other to disobey God. Then you see two entirely different super explosions of influence. Adam's super explosion through his one choice of disobedience was death. And that death through sin ruled over all of us until another man came, made a different choice, obeyed God, that created another super explosion, but that brought God's gift of grace and life to many. One man's choice got us into a hell of a situation, literally. Another man's choice got us out of a hell of a situation literally, and that was Jesus, right? And either you're in Adam or you're in Christ. And this is where we have to really focus, fellas, because God has come into our lives, we've believed, so he could deposit his spirit so that we could make choices that bring life and bring his blessing upon people into more spaces and more places, right? With the people in those spaces and places unique to us. That's what God wants to do. He wants you to be like Christ. And he's put his Holy Spirit in you so that you can make choices that bring blessing and grace and benediction and life to the people around you, just like Jesus did. One transformed man transforms many things. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 6. He, God, has enabled us to be ministers of the new covenant, of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Let's say that again. The Spirit gives life. One more time. The Spirit gives life. So now let's tie it all together. Right? God wants to overtake your life with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you believed. You believe you have the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the prediction and pattern that we see is that that, the purpose of that sending of the Spirit into the life of the one who believes is so that there can be a, a, an outflow of God's kingdom that positively impacts other people. And then you see men individually and communities of men engaging the world that they live in, in their time, in their spaces, in their places, with people in those places and spaces, who are yielded, who are gifted and empowered and ready to follow the Holy Spirit's leading in a moment of time and in a moment of space on any given day in any moment.
And so that's what's before us in this journey called overtaken. The question is, are you ready to be overtaken? Now, I'm, I know I'm talking to some men who this is new and that's okay. You're understanding, hey, I'm a believer. I have the Holy Spirit. I can have a super explosion of power. Yes. There are some of you who understand that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, but you're not activating and listening to the Holy Spirit. This is for you too. There are some of you who want a greater influence and reach of the kingdom. God's calling you, and this is a confirmation of what God is doing. God's using you and you want, doesn't matter which bucket you fit in, we're gonna close in prayer. We're gonna put a, a prayer on your screen and we're just gonna, we're gonna dive into this together and we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to take over our lives. Are you ready? It's gonna be on the screen, so just pray it with me. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming to me through Christ, dwelling in me, and filling my life with new gifts and new purpose to replace old ways and old habits that didn't glorify God. I want you to baptize my hopes and dreams afresh with your power. I want to overflow and spread your life and your health in the world around me. I want a blast zone of impact that causes others to wonder why a person like me is doing the things I'm doing. I want to be your salt, your light, your aroma of eternal life in my personal world, where I live, where I work, where I pray, and where I play. Every space is yours. Every place I go is yours. Every personal encounter I make is yours. Give me your eyes so I can see all the opportunities before me on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, big and small. This prayer is my flashpoint, my yielding to your work in me and through me now. Pour out your spirit upon me, into me and through me. Holy Spirit, you have my permission and cooperation to use me in new ways. I seek this in Jesus' name. I ask for this now in Jesus' name. I am knocking and want you to swing the doors wide open in Jesus' name. And God's men said, amen, amen. God is moving. God is moving in so many men right now. And, and I want you to receive that, just go with it. And the Holy Spirit is going to now start prompting you and speaking you, speaking to you regarding the spaces that you're in and for people. It's gonna be things that go right into your mind, insights, things to do, words to say, that are going to be life-giving and are going to advance God's kingdom. So if you prayed that prayer with me, be ready within the next hour, hours, days, to step into your kingdom influence through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I can't wait to hear about it. We'll see you next week for part two.